The other day, as I was working on creating the upcoming month's lesson plans, as well as the virtue and exercises, I found myself going down a bit of a rabbit hole, you know, mindlessly scanning websites, checking email, and yes, even playing a card game for a bit. Then it struck me just how easy it is for me to get distracted and concentrate on things that are not providing any value and just how challenging it is to stay on point. Then I started to wonder if I am the only one that deals with this kind of thing. You know, the answer is probably not. So then I started to wonder, how do I know that? Well, I have yet to have someone tell me they could just concentrate a little bit longer or stay focused a little bit longer that they would get so much more accomplished. Of course they would. So how much better could our lives be if we develop the skill to concentrate for longer periods of time? I think it would radically change our lives. So today we're going to take a look at 12 ways in this 104 year old book and how we can do just that. Now, before we get into everything, I just want to remind you to hit like, subscribe and share on your favorite platform so you can stay in tune with latest content as well as helping me grow the Awakened Man message. Let's get on with today's episode. The average man today is sleepwalking through life, many never reaching their true potential, let alone ever crossing the finish line to living a purposeful life. Yet the hunger still exists, albeit buried amidst his cluttered mind, misguided beliefs and values that no longer serve him. It's time to align yourself for greatness. It's time to become a revolutionary man. Stay strong, my brother. So welcome to the Revolutionary Man podcast. My name is Alan DeMonzo, and I'm the founder of The Awakened Man. So which is easier for you to do? Concentrate on something that is beneficial or something that is not good for us? And what is your go-to distraction mechanism? Is it answering an email? Is it scroll scrolling through social media? You name it. What is that thing that is your distract distraction mechanism? You know, to live the life we want requires us not only to do things right, but it also requires us to stop doing the wrong things that take us off track. And to do that, it requires us to learn to be indistractable. And it's these indistractable skills that uh, as noted by Nir Eyal in his book of that same name and the Wall Street Journal bestseller of Hooked. And in this, and in this podcast today, I want to take several, to look at several ways that we can hone our focus on skills so we can accomplish more in the last time. So let's consider for a moment everything that we use in our daily lives. Does anyone think that these came to fruition or did they come through a concentrated effort? I think we can agree that with that answer, right? Everything we have today has come through some form of concentrated effort. And here's the thing. As a society, we don't have an inspirational deficit. What we have is an action deficit. So with that in mind, I want you to consider for yourself how better it is that are you at finishing projects or are you at starting projects? So let me ask that again. With that in mind, would you consider yourself to be better at finishing or starting? You know, focus is our ability to concentrate on something, right? This means that we, just, we must ignore the other things going on around us by saying no to everything except that one thing that we're working on. And I really like how Tim Ferriss puts it. Because what you don't do determines what you can do. And saying no to something isn't a forever thing, right? It's just no in the present. But focus is a key to productivity because saying no to everything other than the uh, option that is sitting right in front of you, it really unlocks our ability to accomplish so much more, doesn't it? Now for that one important question, what can we do to focus on the things that matter and ignore the things that we that don't? I want to talk to you a little bit about why we tend to struggle to be able to concentrate. So here's a twist. May I suggest that we don't have a challenge with focusing? 
Instead, we have a challenge with deciding. Each of us can focus on focus once when the distractions are removed, right? Get rid of everything in front of you. You can focus, you can pinpoint and get things done. The thing of those times where, where it's hard to get that task done, you know, because we're procrastinating to get around to it. Yeah, that time. And then we can easily, then we can easily hunker down to get focused, right? So here's the problem. Instead of focusing earlier in the process, what we tend to do is convince ourselves that we can multitask a bunch of different things. And guess what? That is truly an ineffective way to do it. Look, we can do two things at once. We can cook dinner and we can watch TV at the same time. And that's not a big deal. Or how about answering an email while on the phone with someone? Sure, we can do that as well. What is impossible for us to do, though, is to concentrate on two tasks at once. And in both of those scenarios I just mentioned, we are either concentrating on cooking or watching TV. Have you ever cut yourself while preparing dinner? Sure you have. Where has your focus been just before you cut yourself? You know, I've done this many times, so I can tell you it's not focusing on the knife that's sitting in front of me. But wait, you're saying, Al, I'm a really great multitasker. And I'm sure you think you are. But here's the thing about multitasking. It forces our brain to switch back and forth very quickly between tasks. And the challenge is our brains cannot transition seam seamlessly from one job to the other. Think of it this way. If you're in the middle of writing something and then someone interrupts you, what happens? You stop, you deal with whatever's right in front of you, and then you go back to writing. Great, right? But how often are you able to finish that thought exactly as you had intended? I, guess, I would guess it's not very often. See, what multitasking does is it forces us to pay a mental price each time we're interrupted one task to jump into another. And then in psychological terms, they call this mental price switching a switching cost. So switching costs is that disruption in the performance that we experience when we switch our focus from one area to another. And in one study they published by the International Journal of Information Management in 2003, found that the typical person checks email once every five minutes. And on average, it takes 64 seconds to resume that previous task after checking your email. So here's the thing, right? The most successful people in history all share one key concept. And that is they put all their efforts into the thing or things that they are good at while farming out everything else. So it may seem counterintuitive to improve oneself that way if we should focus our intention and energy on things that we're not good at, and that while doing that, we'll probably increase our overall comp competency, but it won't get you any closer to your goal or living your life mission. I really like what business coach Dan Sullivan says. He said, if you spend too much time working on your weaknesses, all you end up with is a lot of strong weaknesses. So if there's a magic bullet, then here it is. Stop doing what's not working and start doing more of what is working. If you're not achieving what you want in life, then you have to then you have a concentration problem, not an execution problem. So the question is, what am I willing to stop doing that will give me more time, energy, and control in my life? Okay, so we've solved one piece of this puzzle, right? But there's more. How about the other kinds of distractions and how do we overcome those? You know, when we struggle to concentrate, it's because there's a trigger that's happening, be that an internal or an external trigger It's exercising our desire to, towards pleasure. But what is happening is that we're really trying to free ourselves from the pain of wanting whatever it is that we are after, because we believe we cannot have it. 
So truly the root cause of our behaviors is the drive to relieve ourselves from some form of discomfort of our thoughts and beliefs about what we are going after. Can you see why we get stuck and we don't want to move forward? See the storyline our ego is playing is while we're trying to keep us safe, it's actually preventing us from experiencing our deepest desires. Therefore, blaming things like our smartphones, social media accounts, etc., causing us to lose concentration is really a flawed view. We must be looking at the programs that we are playing to uncover these core issues, our internal programs, that is. That way we can get back on track to living a more fulfilled life. I just want to go back to Nira Eyal's book on indistractable because he gives us a four-step process for how for us to follow that we can disarm an internal trigger. So step one, look for the emotion preceding the distraction. Step two, write down that internal trigger. Step three, explore the negative sensation with curiosity instead of contempt. Man, that's a big one. And step four, be cautious of the liminal moments. These are liminal moments or this transitions from one thing into another, into another. You know, I want to take a little moment now and really start to talk about the attributes of what concentration looks, feels, and sounds like. So generally speaking, one of the best ways to study a person is to watch their physical movements. From when when we study their actions, we're actually studying the makeup of how their brains are functioning because actions are, are an expression of our mind. If it's uneasy, restless, or erratic, then the actions will tend to be the same. So let's be careful here though. Because just because we see someone that's calm doesn't mean that they have a calm mind either. We again must look at their ambition. See, a low ambition indicates that they are a person with low energy, which means they lack a sense of control in their lives. So we can learn a lot by watching people, but also paying attention to what kind of ambition they have in life. So now I want to take us deep into concentration. What we can, and the things that we can do to help us focus better. And I'm going to share here these 12 exercises that I discovered in a 104 year old book that helped me really improve my concentration. And I use these practices on a regular basis. The book is called the power of concentration by Theron Q. DeMont. And I don't want you to be fooled as we go through these. And I took the, the verbiage right from the books. I just, so I don't want you to be fooled by the simplicity of these exercises because it, it, it is in their simplicity that makes is where the challenge resides. So being able to do any of these exercises for any length of time is really the key to growing our concentration. So let's start with the first one, sitting in a chair. That's right. Just sit in a chair, see how long you can sit still, no fidgeting, no moving. And I'm going to tell you, it's a lot harder than you think. Number two, fix your gaze on your fingers. Again, sit on a chair with your head up, your chin out, shoulders back, and then raise your right arm to start with until it's level with your shoulder and pointing to your right straight out, look ahead, look around with your head only. So only turn your head and gaze at your finger and keep that arm perfectly still for at least one minute. Then do the same thing with the left, with the left arm. And the longer you can do this, you know, start growing up from one to three to five minutes also helps you be able to calm those involuntary muscle reactions that we tend to have. It's a great exercise, actually. Here's another one very similar. 
Instead, you're going to fix your eyes on an outstretched glass. So you're going to take a small glass, you're going to fill it with water, and then you're going to grab that glass and put it out in front of you. And now, now what I want you to do is to just look at the glass for about one minute. Just look at the glass and try and keep your arm as steady as you can. No movement, no movement, no movement in the water and the glass. Just hold it there for at least a minute. And again, do this from one to three to five minutes. And so then switch hands and do the same thing with the other one because we always have a dominant side on our bodies, right? And after you're doing that, what you're going to find is that again, this exercise similar to the one with the finger with the fingers is that the goal here is to improve our concentration, to control some of our muscle actions that are involuntary, but truly they are. And so it's a force of will to help us gain or improve our concentration. Here's another good one, opening and closing your fist. So sit in a chair, bring a chair up to a table, just place your hand on open palm open palms down, right? Or up. So your, your back of your hand is on the table and then make a clenched fist. And while keeping your hand on the table, slowly remove the thumb on the one hand. And then as that is open, now take your face as you're still looking at your fist, move your index finger and close, slowly open that. Continue to do this repetition until you've opened all five of your fingers. Then once they're all open, slowly start closing them in reverse order, nice and slowly. And through this entire time, you're not thinking about anything. You're just concentrating, looking at your hand, closing your fingers one at a time until you have your thumb overlapping your fingers. Repeat this exercise with the other hand, do this upwards around 10 times in a row. And what you'll find is you're gaining, you'll be able to have a lot more control in the thoughts and thing and distractions that are going on around you. Here's another one. Number five, concentration will actually increase your sense of smell. So think of this next time you go for a walk or a drive in the country, or even going through a, passing by a flower garden, concentrate on the odor of the flowers and the plants and the things that are around you. See how many different smells that you can pick up and then focus on one particular kind of smell. Just that one, just try just try to focus on that one that one smell and what you're going to find as you do this exercise that is really going to intensify your sense of smell your sense of awareness will truly elevate number six concentrating concentration from within so here you can lie down and you know just relax and your all your muscles and then start just as you're settled down you're you've settled into into your posture Start concentrating on the beating of your heart, just the beating of your heart and just feel and get a sense of how this great organ of ours, that keeps us alive, how it's pumping blood throughout our bodies, you know, and then actually try and picture that blood flowing through your veins all the way from your heart down into your, to your feet and your toes and going out into your arms and your limbs, and then coming all the way back again in its own circuitry, right? Just over and over again. And really concentrate on that. And after a while, you're going to, you should doing this practice for a little bit. You should actually be able to feel the blood passing through your system. Concentrating on sleep. So what is, so what is now known as the water method, although it's very simple and very effective in helping us create us a, a sleepy state or inducing sleep. So again, take this glass of water and put it on a, 
put it on a table in your bedroom. If you have a table in your bedroom or put it on the dresser and then just sit beside that water, looking at it and take a time and just considerate and concentrate on just how calm that water is. Now, maybe shaking a little bit as you initially put it down, but just concentrate on how calm that water is. And as you do that, just picture yourself getting into that calm state. You know, you'll start taking some slower breaths, just slowing everything down. And I think what you'll find is that as in a short period of time, your nerves are going to start to slow down, they'll start to quiet, and you're going to be able to go into uh, fall into sleep pretty quickly. I use this one on a regular basis because my mind tends to be always on the uh, on the go and always firing. And it's one of the best ways that I found to really dial it down at the end uh, at the end of the day. Here's an interesting one too. It's called practice talking before a mirror. So take a mirror in front of you and mark two spots where your eyes would be, where your eyes are looking at. And then I want you to think of those as being two humans' eyes, like somebody else's eyes. And your eyes are probably going to be blinking at first, right? And the goal here is to not move your head, but you want to stand tall. You want to concentrate all your thoughts on keeping your head perfectly still. And then still keeping your head, eyes, and body still. I want you to think to look at what a reliable, you know, you know, confident individual would look like and be that person. And then while standing before that mirror, I want you to practice some deeper breathing and see that there's plenty of fresh air in that room, right? So just allowing yourself to really just feast in that moment. And what you're going to find is this, is this fresh air permeates every cell of your body. Any types of fear or concerns are just going to start to dis- disappear. You know, they just, just kind of float away. Because that what's happened really is that you've replaced that timidity or sense of fear with a place with a space of peace and of power. Now you only need to do this for about three minutes a day, and that's plenty long enough because you'll find that it can be a bit tiring going more much longer. And of course, this is you know a 104 year old book, so the the ninth way, the ninth exercise is dubbed the Eastern way of concentrating, and and we know this by nostril breathing. And so this, this is, the meditation is no different, right? It's placing a finger on, on one of your nostrils and breathing in deeply into one nostril and then exhaling and then switching over and doing the same thing as you count to 10 that, you know, for, with your breath. And we do this about 10 times this repetition. And what you'll find is that just the, the sheer idea of counting and the concentration to count is what helps us really calm our minds and calm ourselves and really get a point of focus. The 10th way that we can help build our concentration is controlling our desires. And desire is one of the hardest forces for us to control, you know, because it's going to furnish us with excellent excuses or exercises, I should say, gives us excellent exercises and help on what we need to do to concentrate, to build our concentration skills. And it seems natural to want to tell others what you want, what you know, and what you're learning to, and to control these desires and how wonderfully you can strengthen your powers of concentrations. But just remember that all you have to do is just take care of your own business. And really what he's trying to say here is he's talking about whether we should be gossiping about other people, talking whether that's in a positive manner or in, not in a positive manner, but it's really about taking control of our, of our desires and one of the ways that we do that in the band of brothers and with the, our mentorship program is we practice the virtue of temperance. And I can get into that in a talk about temperance on another day. 
the 11th way that exercise that we can use to help build our concentration skills is read when you're reading. So you can think now, no one can think without first concentrating on, on our thoughts, right. On the subject, whatever it is that we're working on, we're always going to be having a, a thought about that, but everyone should train themselves, should train themselves to think clearly. Right. And an excellent exercise to do this is to read, read a short story or read a chapter in a book and then write down an abridged statement about what that chapter was about. And then you can do the same thing with reading an article or a blog, whether that be in a newspaper or on a website, and then see in how few words that you can express what was being said. You know, and if you're unable to write out what you read, well, that's fine. Then you'll know that, you are, that you're a bit weak in your concentration skills because we have, you haven't been able to transition that. So instead of writing it, then maybe you can express it orally if you wish. But your go to, but go to your room and to deliver. But the best way I should say to do this is to go to somebody else and deliver what you're just reading about or talking and talk to someone about it. What you'll find in this exercise is the greatest value is in developing the concentration and learning how to think. And that's so key for us. And then the last exercise is watch concentration. So typical watch, whether that be your wristwatch or a clock on the wall, but you can sit in a chair and anywhere that's, uh, that has a clock with a second hand on it. And you just want to follow that second hand with your eyes as it goes all the way around and try and keep this up for five minutes and thinking of nothing else, but that second hand as it's ticking its way around the clock. This is a really good exercise when you only have a few minutes to spare, right? So if you find yourself getting distracted, might be a great exercise just to quickly, uh, quickly do. And it'll help you get your thought process into a stream of, of consciousness and you'll be able to have more control. As there's a little bit of that, this is particularly interesting is about the second hand is that it's really hard to do this, as I was saying, but the extra effort of our willpower, which is required to make this successful, gives us such value in our life. So there you had it. We have 12 exercises from a 104-year-old book that, that I currently use today. And I have two or three of my favorites. I don't mind doing the watch one. I, like, I especially like the reading one. There are different ones for you to go back and pick on and choose to, to use. But I also want to let you know that in the Awaken Man Academy, we provide tools for, uh, for how to build a fulfilling life. And one of those tools is called the power of concentration, or conscious, conscious concentration. And as this skill gets developed, our lives become more manageable and enjoyable because we reclaim ourselves from limiting beliefs and sabotaging behaviors. This is an example of some of the work that we do here in the awakened man. And I want to let you know this work is open to all men, but the only one, the only way for you to learn is that about this is that you need to take some action and to start, I suggest you start your hero's quest. It's our 90-day mentoring program that will raise the standard that you show up in every part of your life. And now this program is not something you just join and then can hide. You will be challenged. You will work harder on yourself in the next 90 days than you have in decades. And you will come out on the other side unrecognizable because you will be living and acting in the highest vision of yourself. And so to make everything easy for you, I'm going to provide a link on this page for you to speak to me one-on-one -on -one to see if you're a fit. See, not all men are ready to make this kind of commitment, but those that do make huge strides in their life. And if you're that kind of man that is ready to change, then I can, then I'm looking forward to working with you in our Awakened Man program. 
Thank you for spending time with me today. Aho, my brothers. Thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Man podcast. Are you ready to own your destiny? To become more the man you are destined to be? Join the brotherhood that is the Awakened Man at theawakenedman.net and start forging a new destiny today.